Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be bringing you this one. This was a live panel discussion from our Runga gathering a couple of weeks back, hosted by my wife, Amelia, and featuring four really smart, incredible human beings. My good friend, Ben Greenfield, who right now is killing it over in the UK at the Health Optimization Summit. He was just tagged as the world's most dedicated and knowledgeable biohacker, and I can't beat that, so that's the intro I'm going to use. That's exactly what he is. He is nothing short of greatness in his day-to-day life, and I just got to witness that at Runga because I hadn't seen Ben in a little while, and I was quickly reminded at the incredible attitude and commitment that he takes to his day-to-day life. It's second to none. On this panel, we've also got Dr. Leland Stillman, who is a good friend and incredible human being as well, who's really helping people right now because he is an MD and he sees clients all around the world. And he's really given people hope because, you know, depending on who you are and how you like to live, it can be challenging to find an MD that's aligned with your values. So Dr. Leland Stillman is providing a lot of people with that right now, and that's amazing. Dr. Jason Saunders, incredible guy, super smart guy. And he runs an amazing company called HBOT USA. And if you are not currently into hyperbaric oxygen therapy, then don't wait five years when everyone's going to be super into it. Get into it right now. It is just a game-changing treatment. And you can put hyperbaric chambers in your house. I've got one upstairs. And it is one of the most high-impact, most kind of the, you know, in terms of like, what can I do that's going to give me the most bang for my buck? The hyperbaric oxygen chamber might be that thing. In terms of biohackers that are really looking to take their life to the next level, that are really, really looking to kind of have that latest and greatest treatment in their home, HBOT USA is the place to go look because these chambers are just incredible. My brain function, cognitive function, mood, energy has been dramatically improved. And of course, it's amazing for inflammation. We've got autoimmune stuff going on or whatever the case may be. HBOT's incredible. And Jason is kind of really at the front. He's like the the pioneer in this space. And and he's really bringing hyperbaric oxygen therapy to the masses, which is just incredible. And then we've got Dr. Chris Shade, good friend. As you guys know, I talk a lot about Dr. Shade's company, Quicksilver Scientific, because I love these guys. They're making some of the most game-changing products in the entire world, especially around detoxification, immunity, and aging and hormones. They're just the highest quality, the most absorbable, just such amazing products. I can't speak highly enough about Quicksilver Scientific. And I was excited to have these four guys at Runga in the flesh, sharing their wisdom with our guests, having an amazing time themselves, and of course, all coming together for this panel, which was on the third night of Runga. So, so proud of Runga, all of these guys, my wife, it's just an incredible experience. So if you guys are interested in checking out Runga, you can head on over to rungalife.com. We've got another event in October if you'd like to gather with us. And of course, we're working on some amazing projects for 2023 as well. So stay tuned. And as I mentioned, I believe in one of those intros, this podcast, this panel discussion from Runga was about detoxification. And there's some questions from the audience that unfortunately there wasn't a mic really getting passed around. So can't really hear him on the podcast, but you can kind of fill in what's going on by the response. One of the questions was from a guy that's on the carnivore diet and dropped an entire adrenal gland into his smoothie and blended it up and had a more more or less a fully 
kind of psychedelic experience after because that thing is just full of adrenaline. And so you'll hear the response from the fellas around what that experience might have been doing inside of his body in just a few minutes. And just before we dive in, guys, because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are high achievers that that want to break through barriers and achieve more more quickly than they ever thought humanly possible. Does that sound like you? Newtopia offers a variety of nootropic stacks designed to boost our memory, cognitive function, energy levels. They're incredible. And taking the right formulas at the right times can help you focus intensely or help you be immune to distractions, reduce your stress and anxiety, enhance your creativity, and a whole lot more. You'll be amazed at how well these things work. Now, what's really cool about Natopia is not only were they developed by like one of the most advanced brain chemists on the planet right now, but every formula and therefore every stack is customized just for you based on your strengths, your weaknesses, your goals. You get literally exactly what you need. How much is an hour of your time worth? Imagine if you could reclaim five hours of highly productive time every single week. It would have a huge impact on your business, your bottom line, whatever. These things are a game changer, guys. And right now, they're coming with a full one-year guarantee. So there is literally zero risk for you to try these incredibly powerful and customized and individualized nootropics for yourself. Just head on over to nootopia.com slash runga. That's N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A dot com slash runga, R-U-N-G-A. And use code RUNGA10 to get this. Receive up to 50% off your first order. Again, that's nootopia.com slash runga. And just before we dive in, guys, this podcast was also brought to you by Traeger Grills. As I mentioned, this was a panel discussion from night three of Runga. And throughout the Runga experience, we were serving bison tenderloins and venison tomahawks and just the most incredible meats. And you want to know why they tasted so damn good? And people are just asking me. That were, everyone that was there is emailing me, asking for recipes and things like that. But the secret was the Traeger Grill. The smoke just kind of fills the grill up and the meat just absorbs all of that flavor. And depending, you know, you can choose whatever flavors you like, whether it's hickory or apple or pecan or mesquite you choose. You just fill the grill up with whatever pellets you want to use. And the wood-fired grill just creates the most incredible environment to cook. And honestly, even amateur chefs cook like pros on this thing. I blew away everyone in my house for my son's birthday this weekend. Everyone thought the food was amazing. I'm no chef. I just have a Traeger grill. These things are absolutely incredible. So if you're in the market for a new grill this summer, head on over to Traeger.com slash stacked. These grills are incredible and they've got a full line. So if you're, you know, you're cooking for two, you can get a little one. If you're cooking for a family of five or six or seven, you're probably going to want to look at one of the bigger ones. They're all incredible. They all cook everything to perfection and I could not recommend them any more highly. All right, guys, now enjoy this panel discussion with my wife, Amelia, and four good friends of mine on detoxification. We have a pretty like varied perspective, and that's why I'm so excited to have them here tonight, especially talking about this subject. We have Dr. Stillman, who is a medical doctor. He lives in Florida, and but practices also internationally and nationally. And then we have Ben Greenfields, who probably needs no introduction. Uh, Dr. Jason Saunders, he's here uh, with Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy. Obviously, you all know him from your time here. And then Dr. Shade, 
also needs no introduction. Quicksilver Scientific, we all uh, we all feel like family at this point, right? <laughs> so thank you so much. Well, I just wanted to say before we kick off, because this is the last night, I wanted to say thank you so much to all of you because this has been so beautiful and such an amazing time. I'm so grateful for every single one of you and every single one of you and just the exchanges that have been happening and the beautiful moments of connection that I've experienced and that I've witnessed and that I know is happening every single second that we've all been here together. So thank you all so much. I will start the panel. All right. My spiel is very, very simple and brief. Not that I couldn't talk about this for a really long time, but it just amazes me how I think people get very caught in the weeds with detox. You know, I get hundreds of panels back on patients every year that test a, a broad swath of detoxification markers, not only the toxins themselves, but then your ability to metabolize and excrete them. And that allows me then in, in consultation with the patient to also evaluate, you know, what symptoms they actually have from that. So I've been very amused when somebody comes in and they have, you know, tinnitus and a metallic taste in their mouth and vertigo and they're depressed and they feel confused sometimes and have brain fog and insomnia. And I'm like, well, it's probably has something to do with your mercury level of 13 and the fact that you live in Seattle, Washington, and, and you think seafood's good for you, which is true, but eating the high mercury fish is, for you right now, something you got to put a pause on. And it's funny because in, in my practice with one of my colleagues, it became kind of a running joke how if you had a 30 to 50-year-old woman coming in with some swath of, of symptoms who likes to wear like a lot like yoga pants more than three days a week, there's a solid chance she's going to have a high mercury level because she loves the spicy tuna roll with her girlfriends at least once a week. So what I focus on first with people that has the most profound impact, and sometimes I don't have to get much deeper than this, because I have so much to do with, with people with how much I look at in their life and diet and so on and so forth, is the simple stuff. Lots of people who are coming to me with abnormal tox panels have an exposure. You know, I've had guys come through who were metallurgists and they had high zinc levels because they were working in galvanization and they'd been really exposed to zinc. Then they get the advice they need to take zinc in order to stop their COVID and they wind up with a level that's like 250, but you really only need 125. And then I'm like, well, do you have nausea and vomiting and diarrhea or headaches or any of the other malaise of zinc toxicity? And they're like, as a matter of fact, I do. And I'm like, okay, well, we can stop the supplement now. You've definitely got enough on board. And then simple things like, are you pooping every day? Maybe you need to be pooping more than once a day. You can get into the binders and stuff like that, and I'll let, let Dr. Shade opine on that because he, he'll geek out over the pharmacokinetics and dynamics, right? Don't pretend you're not excited, Chris. And then sauna and things like that. But one of the other things that, that's come through to me in my practice is like, I'll have patients who are worried about being toxed and they'll do a lot of sauna without understanding where their mineral balance is. And then they'll wind up with low mineral levels that are creating other symptoms that aren't fixed by sauna or they're temporarily fixed by sauna. So I really like to dial everything in as far as how much they're doing of different therapeutic modalities, detox, et cetera, et cetera. And then always the, the trend overwhelmingly is that if someone's got a real problem with toxins in their body, they've got issues with some combination of micronutrients, methylation cofactors like B vitamins, certain amino acids, and then the minerals are where uh, they're my favorite. I can't get over how cool minerals are and how powerful they can be therapeutically. So those are my thoughts on detox in five minutes or less. Cool. Thanks for the brief introduction, Leland. <laughs> I don't know very much about detoxification, honestly. I can tell you that 
I think that like Leland alluded to, sometimes it, it can be in many cases a little bit of a matter of simple lifestyle practices. And, and I like that approach because it seems like there's kind of this tendency to, in the same way that people go on their New Year's resolution to lose a bunch of weight after they've gained you know, some, you know, some fat all year long, they, they you know, build up toxins and build up toxins and build up toxins and then some practitioner or some test or, or you know, their own t- intuition will tell them, oh, I gotta, I'll go do a detoxification protocol now. And they'll do some intense, you know, three, four, five week, three month type of, you know, spendy supplementation protocol. And, and, and those, are, those have their time and their place, you know, if you're really overloaded and if you've dug yourself into a hole. But I think that just kind of like looking at, at your day-to-day habits, you know, how you live your day is how you live your, your life and engaging in simple detoxification strategies each day. And, and you know, I, I don't profess to have any clinical research behind this approach, but like uh, for me, every single morning, I jump up and down on a trampoline four to five times a week. I do a deep sweat in the infrared sauna. Once a week, I'll, I'll have what I literally call like a detox morning where I'll take a binder and I'll do a coffee enema and then go into the sauna and get a little bit of a deeper sweat in the sauna. And so that, that means like 57 times a year, I'm getting pretty good cleanup. And I've been doing that for about three years. And I, I just... I feel really good on that. And that, you know, I have a lot of my clients do do a kind of similar practice where you just have, you know, once a week you, you do a little bit of extra TLC and every day, or at least most days of the week, you know, you try to do some rebounding or at least some Tai Chi shaking or something like that. You try to get a deep sweat in, you know, you keep moving and, and even something as simple as going on a walk and swinging your arms pumps lymph. So, you know, and I don't, I think I need to tell anybody in here to, to not live a sedentary lifestyle and you're all very active. And so you have that figured out, but those, those are a few little things that, that I do that seem to keep things in working order. So yes and yes. And to add to that, I'd say we look at it a few different ways. There are the toxin loads that we all have in our life. And so we, we know we talk about toxicity and sufficiency. Do you have too much of the things that are in your body that are hurting you? And do you have enough of the things in your body that your body needs to actually heal and recover and regenerate? So we always want to look at both sides of that equation. And I think that the toxins that affect you are the same toxins that affect us. And they're all in our environment. And so sometimes we want to look at that and say, you know, why are two people, you know, in let's say you have a family of five and they're in a moldy house, but only two of them are expressing, you know, terrible symptoms and the other three are seem like they're doing okay. And, you know, the reality to some of that is just, you know, how resilient are you, you know, as compared to somebody else, or how well do you handle certain toxins versus somebody else? And so, you know, while we definitely focus on detox and detox uh, pathways, we do ongoing detoxification strategies, like what Ben was saying, we do more advanced detoxification strategies, like what Leland was mentioning. And at the same time, we should always be looking at what are the things we could be doing to make ourselves more resilient, period, so that we can actually tolerate, you know, it's unlikely that we're going to be able to eliminate all the toxins in our environment. So if we can't eliminate all the toxins in our environment, yes, we should have strategies for dealing with that. And what else can we do to become, you know, the strongest, healthiest, most resilient versions of ourselves so that we could become more tolerant of our environment and thereby, you know, hopefully have less issues as a result. All right. So you see when we talk, first guy, he's got all these people coming to him. And a lot of people got all kinds of low-hanging fruit. 
you know, like I'm deficient on this, I'm deficient on that, I'm deficient on that. And so you run a broad panel on them, see they're missing this, that, and the other thing because they do all these crazy things or they're like hyper supplemented on this and they're under supplemented on that. And so that's the sort of get the game back rolling and take the obvious things out of the way. Ben's then talking about the lifestyle stuff, the day to day to day to day that keeps you clean. And, you know, that's all that Ben's going to need. But in the beginning, Ben, you know, did certain interventional protocols. And then we get to talking about resilience. And resilience is part of the day-to-day thing. So when we talk about detoxification, like you said, you know, in one house, two are bad, two are fine. Like, why is that? And so we tend to cast that too much into this fixed game of like, well, that's my genetic predisposition to be able to detoxify or not. But our ability to detoxify and what everybody's suggesting is that you're not going to get rid of all the toxins from your life. They're going to come in. You're going to have to be able to deal with them. And so you've got this cellular machinery that's going to push away. It's going to kick the toxin out and out and out, out of the cell. And when that cellular machinery is tired because of things it's not getting, I mean, it's maybe severely deficient in something, or there may be inflammation because inflammation and detoxification are fundamental opposites. Detoxification relies on this internal antioxidant system. But when inflammation is happening, you actually turn down your internal antioxidant system because you want to keep this pro-oxidant thing going. So you've got these things that are, you know, lowering you or elevating you. When you've got a strong inflammation, you're bringing down detoxification regardless of your genes. And then if you have genes that are working against you, then you've got a double negative. And you can raise all of that and you can work against these things. And sometimes in the beginning, like Ben said, you get into a hole, you need a formal system. And we have to touch all these things. We have to bring down that de- the inflammation and then we've got to up regulate a cellular level. We've got to upregulate a liver level. And this is one of the simplest things that we miss all the time is that toxin transport out of the liver is coordinated and coupled to bile transport. The transporters that put bile into the bile tract to go down to your gallbladder, go into your small intestine to help you digest are the same things that are moving toxins out of the system. So just upregulating that bile flow and getting that out at the liver level is a really big thing. And sometimes people have just gone too far and you need to do a formal detoxification for a couple of weeks or months. And then you have to incorporate long range. You know, what are you going to do after that? And there's a number of things from the bile flow to, you know, it's, He got out quite a bit, the whole ability to move lymph. And Ben actually came over and he had a, today you had a lymph, lymphatic movement thing. And he came over, he said, I got to get some binder, right? Every time you have a massage, you're moving things into circulation. And then the fog you feel afterward, you need to bind or you need to pee, you know, but you poop, pee and bile and everything starts moving out. So sometimes there's formal, there's ongoing, and it's lifestyle. And it's these things like poopy shit, sweat. All right, we're on to questions. Evan, number one. Someone who's brave enough. Um, so we've got two questions. No, you don't poop enough. <laughs> you definitely sweat enough. I don't know. That's the baby. <laughs> Nobody sweats more than Evan. <laughs> you could be a witch. He makes up for that. So the first question is, what are some of the subtle symptoms of an overtoxified person? <laughs> 
like, not like, you know, you're in dire need, whatever, and, and maybe give us the spectrum of what are the symptoms of, a, of over-toxicity? I'll start and move it down the line. But from a, a couple of systems, the toxicity, mostly on a neurological level, switches you into glutamate excess and sympathetic overdrive, despite being foggy because of the inflammation that's up there. So this sort of come down in lack of clarity, the fog is over, but you're hyper stimulated and you're not sure why it's always like that and you're anxious. And then at a cellular level, it's the energy generation machine generally, and that's mitochondria at a cellular level, it's thyroid and adrenal at a glandular level. And so it's turning down and it's a little foggy. When it goes from there, worse, it gets a little bit more dysregulated. What Chris is trying to say is brain fog, fatigue, Oh, was I, uh, was trouble I sleeping. <laughs> was I in too far? Yeah, there's one too there that flies oh, under the radar. Yeah. The I'm going to talk to you. They're going to translate. <laughs> uh, hypersensitivity is another one that, that oh, seems to pop up. It was really interesting. A lot of times with metal toxicity, it, you know, you know, it's almost as though your body turns into a giant antenna, you know, and you, you get kind of sympathetically driven around Wi-Fi routers and the like. So that's kind of a, a and, hidden symptom. And, and a lot of that is happening. You know, they're always trying to figure out like where that's happening is a demyelination and they never see that. But at an autonomic level, all that stuff's pushing through the extracellular matrix and that's all set up into this perfect gel structure like a crystal gel and then the toxins get in there and deregulate that and that's where i think the gel when it's correctly formed is the insulation on the autonomic nerves that are the wire and when the toxins get in and damage the extracellular matrix that's the insulation you lose and that's where that autonomic antenna starts vibrating I made it up. I'll try and remember what I said. Electro hypersensitivity. Yeah, it's my new made up word. Like when the cell phone comes EMS. Through and you're like, ah! So that's what, that would be like a symptom of a pump Yeah. Yeah. Like in your places where there's a lot of Wi Fi, you go into hotels. If you really want to test yourself out, just go down to Vegas. And not for all the other reasons that Vegas stresses you, but you go into the casinos and they have a cell phone on every one of the slot machines and they all communicate that way. They figured out that was the best way to go. So you got super high levels there. And so that'll blow you out and stuff. Not that that's ever really good for you, but you'll be crumbled. Where's 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 Basic, oh, oh my gosh, that's, that's easy. For me, the sauna, for sure. The infrared sauna, too, just because you get a little bit of a, a deeper sweat. And you can hear, it's kind of funny, The you might be able to hear the vibration platform going there in the background in the garage, and that or the trampoline would be a close second. I mean, I, got, I have a mini trampoline in the room right next to my office, and I go in there, you know, kind of like Pomodoro breaks and jump up and down. And then in the gym, I got one of those vibration platforms, and I stand on that thing almost every day. You know, when I walk by the gym, I'll just duck in there and stand on it for a couple minutes. And So I, I would say vibrating in, in the heat. If I was going to do physical versions i'd say vibration like lymphatic flow even any movement is just pumping that lymphatic system if i was going to say chemically something benign because what happens is people jump into different 
binders and different, you know, thing whatever they're trying to detoxify, they don't realize that sometimes they're bringing things up to the surface too. And they get lit up just as much as from the actual chemicals that they're trying to get out of their body. But I think for me, I think charcoal is one of those things that small amounts on a regular basis can be pretty gentle, can get some of the low hanging fruit and kind of move things through the system without, you know, setting somebody off. Never ask me for one thing. With with regards to the sauna work and, you know, the depletion of minerals, what's the easiest way to remineralize by? Kenton? Yeah, you know, we use the ocean minerals. We we really like those a lot. You know, there's but they're you know, you're you're gonna need a little bit more potassium, so you got all these different electrolyte ways. You know, all of us are Quinton junkies. I always have those guys in Spain ready to give me vats of the shit so I could just dose them a little bit more potassium. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get that done next year. But I mean, they're the best one hit wonder, but what do you do, Ben? Quinton. I'd throw in some protect or some element here and there, just if I want a little bit of flavor. You know, Quinton doesn't taste that great, and I, don't know, I got a sweet tooth or something, but I, I kind of like some of the flavor. Of the and you get stuff. a little more potassium. Yeah, right? yeah, and I, I sprinkle salt on. I mean, you guys probably see me on meals here. I'm the guy with the giant box of salt, literally just like you know, I have I have a little bit of food with my salt. But I did a sweat sodium analysis, which is interesting. You can get a sweat sodium analysis done at any exercise phys lab, and you can actually find out the grams of sweat or the grams of sodium that you lose per hour during exercise exercise. And I had that test done and I'm like four times higher than average for the amount of, of grams of, of sodium that I lose. So you're a salty, hour. I'm very, you're very a salty guy. Off the, off the chart, salty sweater. Cause I used to go to bed after, after a long day of training. And you know, when I used to race Ironman, I could hear my blood pounding in my ears and it'd keep me awake at night. I just always thought I was you know training too much and I was sympathetically driven and just had to quiet my mind to get to sleep. And then I did that sweat sodium analysis. I saw how much sodium I was losing and I started to just use copious amounts of salt. You know, again, like I'm doing here, just salt on everything and the electrolytes and almost every glass of water and a giant thing of the, the adrenal cocktail from Jigsaw Health in the morning. I do a couple scoops of that and some Quinton. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm salted up. My blood pressure is fantastic. So that's not a worry. But once I started doing that, like all that pounding and everything just kind of went away. You know, the orthostatic hypotension, the the vasovagal reflex, you know, all the like the dizziness, sitting down and standing up, all that just went away. That's sleep guy. That's uh, recommendations for quality sleep and recovery during this. Yeah. If that's too common. Yes. The, the question was best recommendation for quality sleep. Quality sleep. You know, you need when I first got uh, the ring. You know, my whole goal was how do I get the least amount of hours, but get the, the highest percentages of, you know, REM and deep sleep with just enough light sleep to just make it through the next day, but to have like a really good quality sleep. Again, the minerals play a huge role for me. So I do, you know, like the isotonic minerals at night. That has helped me tremendously. For me, again, liver related. So like doing some, some deep, like liver, like a milk thistle, or I don't want this to be like a freaking quicksilver commercial but uh <laughs> you know i use liver i use liver sauce at night with the binders and then i do some you know some of the minerals that really brings my for me if i'm not sleeping well it's a sympathetic parasympathetic imbalance every time pretty much so anything i can do to get better balance in my nervous system before i go to bed you know healthy sleep habits obviously like you know shutting screens and doing all the things you're supposed to do to wind down in the evening but um, for me, it's always autonomic nervous system balance. 
going in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, look, sleep hygiene is not difficult to decode. I mean, you, you you hear it all the time, right? Dark room, quiet room, don't do business and, and stressful activities in bed and some kind of silence or some type of ambient noise that assists with sleep. Like those are kind of like the four biggies and people hear that. And, you know, they turn off the lights before they go to bed and try to look at their phone, you know, for an hour before bed. But they're, you, know, you can really get into the weeds and, and get super specific with stuff, you know, like like for the light. You get blasted with light in the first hour upon waking. I mean, that, that's when your sleep cycle starts. And so that either means using, you know, like the blue light boxes that they sell for seasonal affective disorder, like the retimer glasses or the in-ear human charge. You blast yourself with light, you know, but make sure that- Oh, we don't just block blue modes, light forever? Know. No, no. Blue light's good for you. You want, you want a bunch of, you know, don't-, don't in the morning, right at night. Yeah, I mean, you, you you can use anti-glare glasses if you work on the computer, but even those, you know, clear or, or yellow lens, and then just total absence of light whenever the sun sets in whatever area of the world you happen to be in. But I mean, you really got to geek out on it. Like we got red incandescent lights installed in our bedroom, and I got like a headlamp with like a red light headlamp for getting around at night and in the morning. And you know, we got the uh, we got all the blue light blockers, and you know, everything just kind of dims down, so the home's like a cave with a fire in it at night. And so you start to think about this stuff in a little bit more advanced way, and it helps. The, the temperature, same thing, right? You can lower the temperature in your home. But a lot of people either don't get it cold enough or else they're warm from a heavy meal or an exercise session like two to three hours before bedtime so then it comes down to things like lukewarm shower wearing wool socks because you have these these anastomosis veins in your, in your feet that'll that'll basically cool the rest of your body when you warm the feet and you can basically get the room temp very low use breathable sheets but you know you, you kind of start to think okay what are all the things i could do to stay cold because this stuff stacks same thing with business in bed you know i used to be the guy checking a hotel and laptop goes in the bed plop on my belly do do some work i don't let my computer near the bed anymore even the books by the bedside they're not business books they're fun books or fiction books or stuff that kind of settles the mind so you know the, the bed is not for business and then the last part the noise part i mean gosh like you know brain fm makes makes a great little app that'll play ambient noise in the bedroom that lulls you to sleep like dreamscape type of stuff and, and and new calm has a great one you have brain tap uses light sound stimulation so it's like it can come down to more than just like calling up your neighbor and telling them to shut up their freaking dog you know you can actually play certain sounds that'll that'll really help lull you to sleep or help get you back to sleep if you wake up in the wee hours you know and and we could get more into like, you know, the supplementation and GABA and, you know, inhibitory neurotransmitters and all things you take before bed, you know, from a supplementation standpoint. But the, I think those four things, the the light, the sound, the business and the uh, the temperature are, are pretty important. Yeah. I mean, the supplementation should only be when things are fucked up in your life. You know, if all of a sudden you can't sleep and you have this autonomic mouth, I mean, maybe there's something short term, but usually like there's some issue that you got to deal with. And you got to find out what the issues you got to deal with it, and then you know your supplement. You can use GABA, you can use CBD, you can use melatonin. Those are all going to help you get you there. But you know your checklist for when everything's like good and you're trying to maximize it should be what he's talking about. So recognize, you know, if something's going on because what that that autonomic dysregulation. You know, autonomic dysregulation can come from a lot of things, and we think about like stressors and stuff, and like I didn't resolve this with this person i keep waking up but where this bleeds back into detoxification is both infections and toxins can have the same threat response to your autonomic system and you can feel like you're under threat 
And that's why detox stuff at night will help you. But if you are just constantly waking up, there's some combination of things that you've got to deal with in your life. And there's stressors. And some of them are interpersonal. And some of them are chemical. And some of them are immunological. And then there's the don't do stupid shit and maximize as much as you can all the stuff that Ben's talking about. So yeah, thank you for bringing it back to detoxification. I popped back in here. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yep. Appetizers. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Well, I actually, I had a question for, for all of you, but uh, specifically, you know, Jason, you said that you like to take liver sauce before bed. And then you also said that detox can help you before bed. For me, that's so interesting because I wake up in the morning and that's when I'll do liver sauce. I yeah, would never it, think about doing no, anything. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, generally we do, you know, we have people do early morning rounds because then you're fasted and so your AMPK and your NRF2 come up easily. Those like fasting and carb restriction, you guys know all that for going to ketosis. That's all based on this trigger called AMPK. And it and NRF2 are like brothers. They sort of go brothers and sisters and they go up and down pretty well together. And so fasted is a good round for it. And then usually like a round before dinner, but we can do these things at night. And I tend to not do like something as like powerful as push catch. You know, it would be like he brought milk this. So, you know, maybe sometimes he'll take liver sauce as long as there's not like tons of stuff to move and stuff. Then, yeah, generally we, we like the AM thing, but you know, milk this is sort of one which doesn't bring you into having to then do binders and it's not such an investment. One quick addition to that, if I have any struggle, like in the mornings, it would be constipation. And so before bed, I have found uh, Trifla. You know, you know that, that, that three-year, it's an Ayurvedic blend. Somebody turned turn me on to it. I take Trifla and magnesium, and, and, and it works fantastically. I, uh, you know, I'm not super picky on them. I think I'm using the Meg Breakthrough right now with Bioptimizers and then uh, about four of these little, little Trifla capsules. And, you know, it, it has a little bit of a detoxification effect, too, because it's moving uh, stuff through. Trifla is fantastic, actually. It's got, uh, you know, the three parts, Harataki, Bibilaki, and Amalaki. Amalaki is a super high vitamin C and polyphenol one. They're all polyphenols, but the harataki is the one we use heavily in mercury detox. In fact, this is a fun thing. Why did I put harataki in a mercury detox thing? In Ayurvedic alchemy, and this is really far out there, they use mercury as a healing thing. And you have to purify it before you use it as a healing element by taking away all of its samskaras. All of its samskaras are its accumulated habits, usually accumulated bad habits. So mercury is a universal collector of bad habits. And so to use it as a medicine, you first have to purify it of all of its bad habits. And then when you take it, it sucks all of your bad habits in and you shit them out. Now... What do they purify the mercury in before they do this? But a bath of harataki. So it's like, you know, it's the trifle thing. Could you, so harataki, it's an herb or what is uh, it? It's a, kind of a fruit that comes off of these trees, the Balan tree. And if you see the medicine Buddha, so the medicine's Buddha is sitting there with his glass of wine and his feet falling over. And on one hand, on his left, he's holding this beautiful flower that's going up. And the right, he's holding this bowl, the bowl of the long life elixir. I think it's phospholipids and quinton. But the plant that's sprouting from his hands is the Balan. That's harataki. Wow. 
And I had one last question, and that's which of your products are we talking about? Which of your products has that ingredient in it? Oh, Clearway Cofactors is the only capsule that we uh, make okay. that has that. I've been working on like a super purified liquid form of that. But a lot of these basic polyphenols don't absorb well and they work through GI receptors. And so Clearway has, has a bunch of stuff that's more GI driven. And the biggest thing in there is Harataki. Okay, cool. Thank you. And we can take uh, questions from the audience and I can repeat them for, for everyone so everyone can hear. Uh, about two weeks ago, the, the end of a carnivore experience. What does he say? Gets from making meats, meats. Why is it being fine? Being fine. I guess my question is: Do I take too much? No. Jeez. Somebody I, left. I wonder. Somebody <laughs> left psilocybin in your blender. Is what happened? No, I think it's somebody left psilocybin in your blender. Is what happened? Left, what? You forgot. That's what, what you're using to powder up your psilocybin. Yeah. What, what yeah, there was adrenal. What else? Heart and adrenal, liver. I mean the adrenal. I mean that's a fuckload of adrenal. I mean imagine if you ate like a whole a whole bison's thyroid. What's going to happen to you? Like, and I guess in that. I mean, how much freaking adrenaline did he just take? And then all the neurotransmitter stuff happens secondarily. Do you can you respect to that? I mean, I, I don't know the actual answer, but, you know, the rest of those ingredients don't sound like they would have had any no. particular issue there other than... Doing, you said all adrenals. I've been doing one or two Jeez. liver, uh, heart, kidneys. A mild anecdote. I also do raw liver smoothies for breakfast about four to five times a week. You know, I take the liver and I, I don't trip. I think the trip is the, the adrenal gland and I soak it in kefir for a day and just kind of gets a little bit of gamey flavor out kind of enzymatically treats it a bit with the, with the enzymes in the kefir. Then I rinse it and, you know, in a Vitamix or, or a blender, just blend it up, pour it in the little molds, put them in the freezer. And I got these little liver bites that can pop into the smoothie and you put a little monk fruit and some bone broth and ice and stuff in there and it, it tastes pretty good. You, I mean, you put like cacao and all sorts of superfoods, just like tastes like a regular, you know, acai bowl or something like that. But I talked with, uh, I think I was talking with, with uh, Chris about this a couple of days ago, actually. I talked with, with uh, David Perlmutter. I was talking to Leland about this, actually. I talked to David Perlmutter and, you know, he wrote this book called Drop Acid about all the, all the purines that you find in, in many foods, including organ meats. And so I got a uric acid testing strip. I tested my uric acid levels and turns out I was about two to three times higher consistently. I tested five days in a row every time after this liver smoothie. Yeah, so I, so I, yeah, for a while. I threw away yeah, the yeah. test. Yeah. <laughs> well, I contacted David and, uh, and, and, you know, he recommended I take some quercetin, some tart cherry, some of these things that will lower uric acid. So now when I do those smoothies, I actually, I do that just to, to not build up some of that crystallization. So I'm a total, total random rabbit hole, but something to think about. So I have a question and that's what are some of the things you've heard recommended for detox that you would absolutely not recommend? The more they go down to these lifestyle things, the less you're going to fuck up. The more you go down to sweating and stuff, the less you're going to mess this stuff up. But it used to be people would be like when I got in the industry, it was cilantro was the thing that was going to move all the metals, right? And you're going to take the cilantro and then chlorella is going to be your binder and nothing's ever standardized. Nobody even knows what cilantro does or what's in it. And so people would be like banging a lot of this and then they could all, you know, have all kinds of problems. And it's mostly, you know, when you, if you haven't got liver flow, bile flow working, if you're not moving and you're not moving lymph and not sweating and if you're not pissing and pooping, 
shipping, you're going to run into problems taking one of these like single compounds to drive it, like lipoic acid. I use that a lot, but I use it in the context of whole systems to couple, as I said a bunch of times, cellular detoxification to bioflow and then binder and then everything works right. But a lot of people, you know, oh, this you know, oh, that's high in sulfur. Therefore, it creates glutathione. Therefore, it detoxifies you. Or they're just glutathione and stuff. It's those one-hit wonder type of things that really can screw things up. Yeah. Not to not to kick a horse to death because that would be a bad habit. I'd have to poop out later on. I think that this just the general concept of waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, until January to do your detox oh, yeah. is just kind of dumb. Like that's the biggest mistake I see people make because they're just like, yeah, January's gonna do my detox and you know get it all pooped out and then go back to you know eating and drinking and being merry, and it just doesn't work out so well. And they they wait because oh, I have to be next to the bathroom to do this. Well, only if you take a lot of laxatives, you know. I mean, it's really within your control. And so that it is, it's waiting and waiting and, oh, I have some vacation time coming. It's like, don't fool me. You're going to the Bahamas or something, you know, now, now's the time. That's what we call crappy timing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would say that all the lifestyle stuff is very safe and should be and could be utilized on a regular basis and needs to be. I think as soon as you start sort of playing with the biochemistry, it becomes something that you just want to make sure you're doing something or working with somebody like you have you have some sort of plan in mind that you know you know that what you're combining or the steps that you're taking are are taking you through a process versus just sort of randomly like oh i heard this detoxifies people i heard this detoxifies people but you don't know where it necessarily fits in that in that plan and so you start maybe you know taking sort of too much of certain things again not enough of others and then you know either the pathway gets pushed a little too hard too fast or it just gets stuck because you don't have the right ingredients so you know i think overall just there's so many options you know the lifestyle stuff is just do it do it every day and do do something every day the chemistry pieces there should be a little bit more thought and planning involved in that i think thank you so much i have one more question personally but I'm also happy to share you guys with the rest of the audience. So I'll ask this real fast. So I know all of you have worked with and probably currently work with pregnant and breastfeeding women. What are their options for detox realistically? Yeah, really, really <laughs> gentle. I mean, you, you've you got binders. Everything's in moderation at this point. So liver flow is a problem that you run into during pregnancy. Estrogen excess blocks off liver flow and and hurts detox a little bit. So really light bitters and phosphatidylcholine, especially phosphatidylcholine, that's a building type of thing. Light binders, all the exercise, sweating's all 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 fine probably to to a degree and you know lots of good mineral balance and lots of water. It's it's all gentle, it's lots of, I've actually I mean I've had to, a lot of people get pregnant by accident. And they got a mouthful of amalgams and they were planning to detox and they wanted to do all this stuff. And then you give them a junior version of everything right. you would normally do. A lot more binding, no mobilizing, just support liver and, and, and binding and hydration. Yeah, it's not like you're not detoxifying throughout every day, regardless of what phase you are in your life. So pregnant or not, detox pathways are detox pathways, your liver, your intestines, your kidney, your skin, all of them need to work. All of them are hopefully working. So I would, I would be very comfortable doing things to improve and support organ function that way, improve 
sweating, improve kidney function, improve liver function, allow the body to just detoxify naturally that way. I just wouldn't push like the, yeah, all the heavy, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, just, it's just not the, the right time. You know? Stay right. away from you know, kale smoothies yeah. and lots of that sulfur. No adrenal smoothies. You see a lot no of adrenal the, smoothies. A lot of the reports that popped up over the past couple of years about tainted the Ayurvedic herbal supplements, particularly related to you know metal toxicity and things like that, and even uh, even even a lot of liver issues, and people use those protocols. So all the more caution should be taken by pregnant and breastfeeding women. When I've got a pregnant breastfeeding woman, who, particularly the pregnancy, who just wants wants to get a good movement protocol in, number one thing I think is underrated for uh, for pregnancy is swimming. I mean, just the babies love that that hydrostatic pressure and the swaying back and forth. It's great. It's low impact. You know, as you get that relaxing built up in the joints, you have lower risk of injury. You get your cardiovascular performance still. And and um, I think swimming is just just a just a fan for fantastic. Obviously, related to detoxification, you want a good mineral you know, pool, not a chlorinated pool. But yeah, I think swimming is just amazing for for pregnancy. That lends itself to a really important follow up question, which is how what's the perfect balance between like for for us we have a community pool of course it's chlorinated but it's so much fun it's so much fun to bring our toddler like he loves it he gets such good naps after we all love it i know that you occasionally swim in chlorinated pools i'm very curious what your thoughts are on that it is interesting yeah i interviewed a guy actually i forget his name i think it was i want to say it was a david Getoff maybe about chlorination and chlorination detoxification we did a whole podcast on it it's on my website somewhere and i won't remember all the different things that he recommended but uh there's there's a company i think they're actually called swim spray and they make like a vitamin c based spray that's literally designed to take chlorine like they've eliminated a lot of the transdermal absorption of chlorine so you get a good like vitamin c spray and and rub down afterwards because a lot of a lot of the absorption is gonna be transdermal you're gonna swallow a lot of that water um you know i'm I'm not a fan of chlorine but like good rinsing and and just cleaning up the body and using like a vitamin c spray afterwards can still allow you to uh, to get by you know we use a lot of minerals in our pool a lot of hydrogen peroxide in our pool and then like we'll do a little bit of chlorine about once a week and not not go in the pool on that day that we put it in yeah cool thank you so much and you know do you have something to add we're talking amongst ourselves over here. <laughs> Halogenation. And, you know, what is, what's the problem with chlorine? We're all like, oh, chlorine bad. But, you know, on one level, chlorine is a hormetic peroxidant. But where it becomes really bad is it starts kicking out iodine out of iodination sites. And the chlorine goes in there and blows out those, the iodine stuff. And so, you know, if you, it's not like, Okay, I went to the pool. Now we're going to take my iodine. You know, it's just like if you're a swimmer or shit, you know, you're going to get long-term buildup. And iodine's probably where it's going to screw things up the most. Yeah, super helpful. Thank you. And I think we have time for a couple more questions. Whoever raises their hands first. What do you use with kids? You know, like, like yes. Two-year-old. Well, what sources of toxins should be, we be most worried about? Or Great question. Oh, actually, and I would love you to touch on lead because I hear that everywhere in all my mom groups. Everyone's talking about lead and like caraway cookware and like all these, all sorts of things. I'm so curious. Yeah, I mean, the foods, you know, food's a big source. All the household chemicals, everybody wants to keep their house all clean and they spray 409 on the counter before the kid eats there and stuff. And so just be really mindful about all the different toxins that you're exposed to. Yeah, can you detoxify a kid? Have I had to do all kinds of detoxes on kids? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that we, are you going to write this down? Like, you're, oh, you have to do a little, little, little amount. Uh, so 
what can you do, you know, sort of long-term there, you know, so in the whole concept of things, pushing toxins out of cells Mm and getting them out and binders in the GI. Well, a lot of the binders are fibers and things like that. A lot of the green things, uh, you know, if you've had them tested real well, things like Morella and spirulina, little bit in the drinks and smoothies, those active binders, you can put little bits of charcoal in. I mean, that really goes a long way. If you're worried about their exposure, you're like, oh, wait, this has been a problem. And so you can put little bits of these things into the, into the drinks and have them take those down. Uh, you know, occasionally you'll get in there bringing glutathione into kids, but it's usually when you're running into some problem. So sort of the everyday is just basic health hygiene uh, and, and just kind of keeping everything clean. I mean, kids kind of run themselves pretty easily. And whenever you do detox them, just little bits go a long way. And often homeopathics are all that you really need. I think keeping their diet really strong and varied and that starts young again that goes back to the resilience part you know like they're gonna have toxins just like we we all do they're gonna be exposed to things so you know keeping them as strong as they can be getting them used to and exposed to you know healthier foods that are harder to introduce later on early as possible i think that's critical and yeah we've definitely you know we've had to go through detoxing with kids but you know sometimes if we can especially if we can if we can look ahead of time and actually you know check a mom and or a dad before the family even starts you know that's huge to just overall protecting of you know the family and and so you know anytime we have an opportunity to have those conversations really early and i think i think mom gets a lot of credit focus for you know the source of toxicity and so but for sure i mean it's equally contributing from male and female especially on like the whole epigenetic side yeah. And one thing I'd throw in there is that my, my sons and I, we enjoy doing the sauna. We do, you know, we breath work in the sauna and, you know, a lot of times you do the cold pool afterwards. You know, those are like the four kind of things we do for physical resilience is we do some kettlebells or something like that or calisthenics and we do the sauna and we do breath work and we do cold and the sauna and the breath work in particular can can really help with a lot of that lymphatic movement just a natural detoxification even for children and i've mentioned the sauna a couple times so i'd be remiss not to mention that you know you got you know three of the greenfield you know stinky boys in their sauna sweating and you know the toxins coming out your skin so if you if you do a lot of sweating in the sauna you want to make sure that you regularly clean your sauna i mean we we make sure we get ours a good rub down you know one to two times a week so just just remember that the wood and the sauna everything can absorb a lot of that stuff and a lot of people don't think about that yeah no i i would it's actually soap you know because soap the whole way soap works it goes into water, right? And it creates these micelles that are fat on the middle and water soluble on the outside. And all this stuff partitions into the soap and you wash it out. That's how you take, you know, the dirt, which is very fatty from the soil. And that's how it comes off in the soap. And so you do, but I mean, all the Castiles and stuff are all you need. You don't need the 409 there. I just grabbed the mic because I wanted to reiterate the importance of cleaning up before you have the kids. Klinghart used to speak very eloquently and scarily about the we need the mother to put out a lot of babies, and so the mother drops a lot of toxic load into the baby. And it doesn't matter if you kill off the first one because there's a bunch of them coming along behind you. So if it's your first kid, you really got to clean significantly, and it's not that hard. And we can put you through all kinds of detox scenarios, and then we don't have to worry about the kid. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I always wanted to do, I did a lot of water fasting before I got pregnant, but I really, I talked to you while I was pregnant and you were like, oh, you should have talked to me before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the only time. answer, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. do right now. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, the one thing I really w- was hoping someone would touch on, if you guys know anything about this, like why am I saying so much about lead? And oh. especially with kids, I think it's like, you know, maybe. in the Gerber baby food. Oh, interesting. Well, I know the baby you food with lead. You should have grown up with us in the lead paint days. Like, okay, our yeah. lead levels are ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think it's like maybe in a lot of my circles, like people are like moving into houses and like buying old homes and renovating and buying antique furniture. And then it's like, oh shoot, like at some point they realize like all, a lot of this stuff is, is toxic or has lead. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just one of those things like even like caraway cookware. Now people are saying that's not safe. I don't know if maybe this is like a mom question. <laughs> It's a mom question. Mom and question. Let, you know, you can you can take a kid, you can move mercury, cadmium, arsenic out of them, no problem, without too much intervention. But lead's harder to move. And you're coming in with EDTA, DMPS, you know, stuff you don't really want to use. But fortunately, you can dilute out a kid with time. He gets a lot bigger. And just stop all the load going in. And you get free pencils because your kid will poop pencils. So it's a plus. Yeah, free Wait, pencils. This may be a silly question. Are pencils still being made with pure lead? No. They right. haven't been, like, forever. I mean, you had to grow up in the, like, 20s to get lead pencils. I mean, it's a graphite forever. Well, yes, of course. I was special. Okay, that's great. That's good to know. Uh, is, does anyone want to, is there one more question? to round this out or do you guys have anything you'd like to say before we close and have some drinks and apps? We're having sushi tonight, right? No sushi, no, but it's going to be delicious. We have uh, sourdough, organic sourdough on the menu, both from Jess, I think, and from the best organic sourdough we've we found in Austin. And then I made the truffle porcini black garlic cheese that's on it. it actually, we made it. We made it in our cooking demos, so... Glad that I'm getting to share. All right, this panel's over. This panel's over. It's over. It's over. Go, 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 go. (laughs) No, there's one thing we didn't talk about at all, and it's probably the most fundamental thing. We talked briefly about parasympathetic, sympathetic balance, but what is sympathetic? You know, we, we, oh, it's fight or flight, right? What is parasympathetic? It's rest, digest, repair, regenerate, detoxify. The calming down and opening up. And you have all the tools from the breathing to calming, but don't start getting all sympathetic about using the tools. Oh my God, I'm going to breathe and I'm going to, I'm going to upregulate. I remember my, my friend Naomi, I was talking to her because she was toxic and she was like, and she was talking about, yeah, I was like, well, you have to be in parasympathy. Shit. And she's the CEO. I upregulate my parasympathetic all the time. All right. Can somebody point out the flaw here? And so actually going in and relaxing, it was like CBD was like a a game changer for doing detoxification in autistic kids because they're in a hypersympathetic thing all the time. That's neuroinflammation. And the toxins bring us in there. Mercury is a specific activator of glutamate receptors, which means it's going to get you hyperglutamate active. It's going to move you into that state that keeps all that stuff in. So it's your job to move you into a calming state. And we just, we talked about hormones last night. 
And estrogen, what? It moves you into an anxious state because it works on glutamate receptors. And, ga- and progesterone moves you into a calm state because it works on GABA receptors. So if, if it's GABA or CBD or it's progesterone, it's slipping you into the calm. So if you're doing rounds of detox or just long term, you have to be able to slip into the calm because when you're in the other, when it is fight or flight, then you have the toxic reactions. You look at somebody and you're like, you're my source of toxic. You're my source of pain. All of this is my source of pain. And you're holding on to all of it and you, you're misaligning it. It's, it's Ben's freaking fault that I feel like this. You know, all that is an error of the mind that propagates down. The bioflow actually stops when you're glutamate dominant. It stops when you're sympathetic dominant because it's holding energy in because you're fighting or fleeing. And so if you can't handle the neurological response, you can throw all the chemicals at it and it's not going to work. Often, all you need is the neurological response. Beautiful. Let's give a round of applause for these amazing men. And enjoy. Let's have an amazing last night together.